Hey guys, Dustin Wynn, and you're listening to Bat Force Radio. Hey, this is Scott Snyder, and you're listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Paul Dini, listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman, and you're listening to Bat Force Radio, so stay tuned. Welcome to Bat Force Radio, the DC Batman podcast with no limits. We're coming at you with a new episode of The Stack. We haven't done one in a while, very uh, sorry about that. But uh, it's been a very busy month of Halloween, October. Um, we just dropped a, an awesome little Halloween episode that you guys can go check out. And we do have a couple other episodes in the old uh, in the old file that you might want to check out that pertain uh, to uh, Halloween. Um, so, you know, just check those out as well. But uh, let's go around the roundtable and see who we got. Uh, coming from the north region of Canada, we got Robin D. Cross. What's happening? Coming over from Chirac, we got uh, the Trunkler himself. How's it going? I am, uh, ooh. <laughs> Sorry, there was uh, a couple fools I had to take care of that were outside, boy. Go. It's Chirac. I'm Bad Force Tom over in Southern California, currently sweating my balls <laughs> off because of the World Series that the Dodgers are currently in with the dirty, disgusting Boston Red Sox. Blech! Patooey! Patooey! Um, <laughs> anyhow, like we mentioned, we've uh, missed a couple uh, episodes of the stack, so um, we're going to go over the books that are coming out October the 31st, All Hallows' Eve. Um, nice little uh, list of books, and then we're going to jump back in time and talk about... Uh, an issue that we didn't get to cover while we were out, uh, but it is a very pertinent and important issue that we enjoyed. And I think we're going to go over some uh, Titans. That uh, new show, Titans, has debuted on the DC Network. And um, as far as the Bat Force is concerned, I, th- I want to say we're probably like across the board. Everyone's kind of everyone's kind of up and down about it. I think some of us like it. Some of us don't like it. Some of us are cool about it. So I think we have an equal amount of... Um, Equal amount of opinions about the show, um, so you know that's uh, we'll, we'll get to that. But first, the big issue this week, October the thirty-first, for comic books for DC Comics, Heroes in Crisis number two, written by Tom King, art by our good actually Charles's really good friend. Um, <laughs> what's his name again? Uh, what do you call him? Uh, Olivier Coppel? Yeah, Olivier. Oh, sorry. No, not <laughs> Olivier Coppel. But Clay Man. Clay Man. Um, so, this issue, Good Friggin' Night. Uh, the first issue, the first issue, issue one, came out. Um, we weren't, but a lot of young uh, comic book readers were upset. Even the old times, even the old heads, I feel like were. I heard some people chirping off about it, but what were, what were people so upset about? I mean, I read it. I enjoyed it. Um, was it the deaths that were in this? What was it that people were pissed off about? I can't even remember. Uh, 
I, I think so. I think that was what it was, and like the the choices of characters. Like I saw a couple people specifically complaining that it was younger characters that uh, they felt were used as uh, okay, as right. fodder. Yeah, yeah. Now yeah. I'm starting to drag my. Well, I, I saw a couple things. And... There was that one argument that like they should be building up their young characters so that the, the young characters can carry the throne of carry the mantles of the of the older ones, and difficult to do that when you're killing them off. Then again, do these readers fucking forget this is comics and that shit happens all the time? I don't know. Uh, and, but... and also, just because a character is written as a young character, that does not negate the fact that these characters have already been around for years and years. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. They, they've had time being built up, but they're still <coughs> used, they're still written as young characters, yeah. and eventually that happened. Everyone, um, everyone gave Dan DiDio a lot of heat because he's been quoted in a couple of interviews and at a couple of panels sometimes uh, pushing for a character here or there uh, to die at the end of an event. And people seem to think that he's like bloodthirsty and wanting death all the time. So every, anytime anyone dislikes something at DC, for some reason they always blame DiDio, which I think is funny. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's, uh, it's like I got a cross on my back. It's phenomenal. It's like, I don't know what it is. It's like these guys want me dead, you know. It's, just, it's not me. <laughs> I gotta tell you, you know, um, Chuckler, um, you were gonna say. Uh, yeah, well, I was gonna say um, uh, a couple things. One of from what I've heard, people complain about like, at the like the, my my comic shop. Uh, but also, I'm uh, a little upset because you know the the advertisements we saw. They showed. I don't know. I forgot who, what all the characters they showed, but they said one per, you know, three people will die, one person was at um, when the Trinity, Superman, Wonder Woman, Bad Woman, uh, Bad Woman, fuck, Batman, uh, got into the sanctuary. I thought I thought it was Bear Woman. <laughs> um, yeah. When they got into the sanctuary and they showed Arsenal, uh, Roy dead, and Wally West. Um, not the Kid Flash Wally West, but the, what is it, uh, Wallace West? Um, yeah. I'm trying to distinguish the uh, two, uh, you know. <laughs> not, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we know. What you mean. Uh, anyway, uh, it, yeah, okay. it's funny though, because uh, a lot of uh, the people that were predicting who they thought would die, uh, a lot of the, a lot of the big predictions were Roy and Wally. Hmm. And so, as soon as I read it, and people were asking, like you know, before it came out, people were asking, you know, oh, so what do you think? Am, am I going to like this book? Uh, am, am I right about my prediction? Well, let's just say a lot of people are right. Mm. <laughs> well, and what actually surprised me was Wally, because um, when Rebirth, if, if and I'm sure you guys remember when Rebirth number one special came out, you know, Wally was a big part of it. Um, yeah, remember he was, the, he, was uh, the, he was the one telling the story of the whole issue. Yeah, and the Flash was able to go into or reach through the whatever it was a time stream or the Speed Force and was able to pull. Wally out, and you know, so, so I always thought that Rebirth was going to, you know, not be centered around him, but he was going to be a big key part yeah. of the of the whole of Rebirth from here on out. So when I saw that, I was like, 
what the fuck? Yeah. Like, wait a minute. When Rebirth started, he was, you know, it may seem like that, you know, Wally was going to be the center of, or, you know, he's going to play a big part in this whole Rebirth, and now he's fucking dead. Yeah. But, of course, like Tom pointed out earlier, this is comics. We're on, you know, that was the first fucking issue of, uh, what is it, nine? So, you know, we know how comics can play out, so who knows? It just was a shot. It was kind of, I was kind of shocked when I saw that. I mean, the the first murders that you saw when Superman's up in the air, it was like, ah, okay, well, you know, who really <laughs> gives a shit about that person? Who cares about that person? You know, give me the good stuff. Give me, give me some, give me a name. Yeah. And that last page was like, holy shit. So I mean, I, I mean, Clayman is, I mean, it's Clayman. I mean, uh, we're so blessed in the DC as DC fans and DC readers of having. Artists like Sean Murphy, Michael Janin, David Finch, you know, um, Lieber Mayhem. The Hyman? Clay, Clayman? Clayman! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the list just goes on. And then, you know, like, Clayman is, uh, he just comes, you know, he just Clay. is like, here, you know, hold my beer, you know, here, <laughs> I, you know, I'm still here. Pause. So it's, uh, damn. Yeah. I, uh, um, anyway. <laughs> uh, one good thing that, uh, something that did come from the deaths, I like that they're not doing, uh, specific tie in issues for Heroes in Crisis. Like, there aren't books coming out with, with the Heroes in Crisis logo on it, you know, to, to entice people to, to pick it up, to right. pick up extra books. But if you, pay attention to what's happened in the first issue, you know that some of that fallout has to carry over to other books. So if you check those out, you did find some uh, some good issues. The the issue of Green Arrow that followed, right. uh, uh, Ollie dealing with, uh, dealing with the fallout, and then uh, the next issue of Red Hood also dealt with, uh, with the fallout of, uh, of Roy's death. And it was a really... I thought it was a smart way to do it that they had... I don't know if you guys have read that Red Hood issue. No. But uh, the way they did it was uh, the issue begins with Jason is, you know, on the road on his own, and he ends up in a a fight with some guys that I think he had been tracking these guys that, you know, were trafficking weapons or something. Mm. And while he's in the middle of fighting them, uh, Bruce shows up and, you know, kind of helps them out of a jam. And then Jason asks him, oh, "Are you you here to you know, to take me back because I broke our agreement, whatever?" And Bruce tells him, "No. Uh, how about you sit down?" Hmm. And oh, Bruce break the news to him that that Roy has died. Damn. So that's a real get done. Well, and um, kind of tying off with that, I know we're going to talk about Batman Fifty Seven later, but um, at the end of Fifty Six. When it shows KG Beast, you know, the last panel was Dick catching a bolt in the dome. Um, I haven't caught up with Nightwing, but oh, I've, gotta seen, read it. I've seen some issues of that. And it's, you know, I like it, what you're, I'm, I was just, basically what I'm saying is I like what you're, that point you brought up about, you know, this isn't a Heroes in Crisis tie-in. You know, it's more of like, the, you know, <clears throat> the aftermath of these events or of these tragedies. Like... You know, Red Hood with Arsenal, Green Arrow with Arsenal. I'm sure Titans, which uh, I haven't read, is probably 
dealing with the same fallout of Wally West, um, as well as Flash, which I'm not caught up on either, but it makes the readers not have to feel like they have to go out and buy those issues just because it is a quote unquote, you know, heroes in crisis tie in, or it has the, you know, the, the label. Yeah. You're going to want to read that Nightwing though. I think it's the last two issues that came out. Trunks is badass. It's uh, Damn. Yeah, it, that I, also, pissed, I saw that that also pissed off a lot of people like, uh, because, I mean, he got a, he, like you said, he got shot in the freaking dome. So, uh, someone is not 100% after that and they're going to act, you know, strangely, if you get some brain damage because of it, you know, and um, it's exactly what's happening to uh, Grayson. And uh, I like the way, I mean, it does, to me, it doesn't feel like it's going to stay that way. Uh, just because, you know, you learn to be cynical after reading comics for a while that, okay, yeah, this is just the status quo for a bit. It's, it's eventually going to go back. Um, but yeah. a lot of people are pissed off. I can't believe what they did in Nightwing. It's not my Nightwing. It's like, shut the fuck up, dude. Like, like enjoy I mean, the change for a couple of months. It's funny because exactly. comic readers say that they want something new and fresh, but the minute they get it, they complain and they want the old shit. It's the I funniest mean, thing. Want... Yeah, exactly. I mean, do you want the same, um, you know, Nightwing fights a criminal, flirts with a chick, maybe even bangs the chick, you know, gets beaten by the bad guy, then figures a way to beat the bad guy, and then, okay, next issue, finds a bad guy, bangs a different broad, it's the bang, you know, uh, you're reading a different. You're reading a different uh, ongoing than I am, Trunks. Yeah. Jungle, jungle fantasy. He's getting those. Uh, he's getting those uh, novels. Uh, yeah. At the bookstore with uh, the sausage I'm getting, the, I'm getting the novelization version. Exactly. There you go. Uh, no, yeah, but, but the the people complaining about those changes, they come off sounding like Ryan on The Office. Lead me when I'm in the mood <laughs> to be led. <laughs> So good, so so relatable. He's not as much of a sociopath when you start relating to him on a on a level like that. So. Uh, but back to a heroes in crisis. Um, Trunks, you were talking about that first issue and how the reveals of what happened to certain characters uh, pissed people off. Uh, I like the way they did it in this issue because Robin was talking about how how uh, Bruce did it with Jason in uh, in Red Hood, but um, in this issue. Uh, Booster, being a fucking dumbass, wakes up in a field because uh, Skeets wakes him up. And so he goes off and he finds uh, Flash. And he starts, like, mouthing off to Flash, um, explaining to Flash, like, you know, what has been going on and what happened at uh, at Sanctuary. And he starts revealing to Flash because Flash does not know what the fuck's going on at this point because he's been fighting and, and, like, doing his own thing. And so Skeets is like, shut up. Shut up, and then and then Booster keeps like rattling off people who have died, and Skeet's like he doesn't know yet, he hasn't heard yet, and he keeps going and he keeps going, and he names off Arsenal, and he names off everybody else, and then and then at the very end, which made my fucking toes tickle and dance with glee, uh, he said Ivy. Did you catch that, Truckler? Yeah, I saw that. Which, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I was like, what? Right? Yeah, dude. So that's another good one. Well, like what you said with Skeets, I have all day. He's like, shut up. Shut like up. Arsenal, shut up. Yeah. Blue Jay, please shut up. Yeah. <laughs> I now. Shut up now. Yeah. <laughs> Not exactly letting him have it easy. And yeah. But uh, but holy shit, man. Like, uh, there was that one Bleeding bleeding Fool article that came out complaining about uh, Poison Ivy, right? Um, yeah. And so it is about to be lit on the internet. <laughs> Good oh God. 
I cannot wait to see the old message boards, the comment sections. People are going to be going off, dude. Like, re- remember the flack that that Tom got on Twitter when he was doing a story with Ivy where she was <laughs> super powerful and owning, like, she was literally controlling the entire planet aside from Batman and Catwoman. And people were given a massive flack for the way he was using her. Now, what are they going to do when they find out that he's just killed her? Oh, my God. Well, you know what's going to happen, though? I mean, the very first page where it shows that nine panel of ivies in the sanctuary. <gasps> yes, yes. This is going to start the kindling because the second panel, or no, the first one, Ivy's like, I shouldn't be here. You're made for heroes. Second panel, I'm a terrorist. Oh. I fight Batman, lines and kiss him. Yeah. That's going to start the little kindle, and then the Molotov cocktail right on top of that. That is starting up some shit. That is Tom King saying, I'm on there. I see. Because I, at this point, he got all those fucking <laughs> death threats. He got, you know, he's gotten death threats. He's gotten people talking shit to him. He's got people complaining at him and adding him on Twitter. He knows what he's writing at this point. At Heroes oh, yeah. in Crisis was written, I want to say, maybe it was written, I don't know, maybe it's a better question for him to answer, but I think that he probably wrote it after some of this stuff was happening, right? So, um... Uh, I, I don't know. I, like, I feel like he probably knew what he was going to do with this. Yeah. When he was writing that arc, so Tom, uh, yeah. Tom's always thinking ahead of yeah. where we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyways, but I'm... he's he's keeping he's keeping Dave employed. You know, uh, <laughs> Dave uh, <laughs> guards yeah. my phones now. He enjoys having. He's not, gonna, he's not gonna have any shortage of work. Exactly, man. Hold on. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, Trunks. Well, I was gonna say. I mean, during all that. Um, well, I mean, you can finish what you're, what you're talking about with the Flash. Uh, I was going to go back to a, a few pages prior to that. Except, um, you know, Ivy's... Um, the way the Penguin looks is oh. just so badass. He just looks like a total, like, mob, like, gangster, like, badass. One When they're cutting open... I don't know who that guy is. Uh... One of the heroes that got oh, murdered. The... Yeah, what are they doing to him? Are they doing like, an uh, autopsy? Uh, yeah, Commander Steel. Are they doing uh, an autopsy? Batman, yeah, Batman's trying to figure out his cause of death because he has pretty much impenetrable skin and they can't see any damage done to him. Uh, and then Batman manages to dig out of his throat uh, a set of those chattering teeth that Joker always has. Yeah. That made me, uh, I don't know about you guys, but that made me think maybe Joker's fucking with everybody and he's the one that killed everybody. But then again, it could have been a weapon used by um, Harley. Yeah. And but, I think also, I mean, the Joker is kind of, uh, you know, the almost like the easy answer just because it's from the past. I mean, Joker's always been kind of, you know, the, the main antagonist. But, uh, you know, skip by a couple pages and when it shows um, right after the page after Booster wakes up in that field, I took a picture of this and I sent it to Robin. And you get a hint of it on the cover where Batman's laying on the ground. And you see a see a uh, foot on the back of his neck with a lasso. Oh. Then that next page shows Harley Quinn in her classic Jester costume. Yeah. I was like, oh, 
yeah. I took pictures. I was shooting it to Robin. I'm like, oh my god. So that'll uh, that'll make a lot of people happy, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, moving on towards the end there a little bit, uh, it's it also seemed to elude the fact that uh, they were skeptical. Superman is skeptical that um, you know they're trying to figure out exactly what happened, how the how this happened, and sanctuary essentially is is an opportunity for these heroes to uh, give confessionals and recount their traumas and confess basically what they're seeing um, to the artificial therapist, the artificial intelligence therapist, whatever the hell it might be. And then Clark yeah. Clark is like, like, what, where are these files going? And then Batman's trying to explain, no, they're, they get erased. Nothing stays. And uh, Clark doesn't <laughs> believe it. And he's like, no, nah, man, I know you got a backdoor to this stuff. I know that you know how to take all of this down. Like, it is, it's not like you to just erase information like that. So Clark's alluding to the fact, and then it even even shows Clark's confessional near the end, tied in with a, a letter or information that Lois Lane has gotten, that um, the information that that uh, these heroes have been putting into Sanctuary may have gotten leaked, or may be leaked uh, in the future. So uh, if you would, imagine uh, the Scientology Celebrity Center um, conducting their, <laughs> uh, conducting their Thetan level readings and uh, they're going in there doing their auditing sessions, and John Travolta and Tom Cruise are recounting every last uh, detail of all their sins. And uh, you know, all of a sudden, they think that everything gets you know washed away. But here, here you go, John Travolta. We're going to need you to sign up and do this movie, or else we're going to release all your secrets into the world. Um, next thing you know, he's film- filming Battlefield Earth uh, with fucking dreadlocks and all this stupid fucking <laughs> makeup on his face, wondering how he got there. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. It sounds like someone may have tapped into the uh, into the uh, servers of uh, the recordings. Well, yeah. If if you consider also the in that exchange between the Trinity, there are basically two questions that Superman asks Batman. One is about the records of the patients at Sanctuary. You know, if what happens with those records, and Batman is saying that. Uh, that they all get just erased. The other question he asks him is if he has kryptonite on him in his yeah, back belt. That's right, yeah. yeah. And <laughs> he lies. Yeah. And as we find out later, when uh, Harley grabs Wonder Woman's lasso, wraps it around Batman's neck, and asks him if he has some kryptonite on him, and he says, yeah, it's in my bat belt. So uh-huh. if Batman is straight up lying to them about having kryptonite on him, what are the odds he was also lying mm. about the files? And you think well, that and, he fucked up? It's possible. Um, well, I mean, even even earlier when they're doing the autopsy on uh, Captain Steel, um, when they when Batman says, "Oh no," they as soon as they conf- as soon as they confess or they talk to the artificial intelligence, the computer erases it. Even even back then, Wonder Woman says, "Come on, Bruce." I mean, we all know that you have contingency plans and info on how to take us all down. You know, do you really want us to believe that this just gets erased? And I mean, come on. Of course, I, of course, Batman has you know a USB drive in there to find out if any any of these potential heroes that are at the sanctuary that are confessing might pose a threat to to the world or to society. Mm. Um. 
And I really liked how they had that in this issue. They showed each individual Trinity per, you know, Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman actually try and talk to, you know, confess their own sins. But it was kind of funny that, you know, Batman, you even see him almost break down when he's confessed. I mean, he takes off his, what, what, what made me think that, okay, this does get erased is that Batman is in that confessional and he takes off his mask. Mm. So it's, you know, his identity is right there in front of the camera. He's talking about, you know, I've had a bunch of Robins. I've seen many of them die. And then he just kind of pauses and kind of puts his hand in his, you know, puts his face down in his hand, like almost like he's trying to stop himself from crying because of the shit that he's seen. Mm-hmm. And then he just stops, looks up and goes, I'm sorry, and just walks away. Mm-hmm. But the variant cover, the Ryan Sook variant cover for this issue is a sanctuary file on uh, Batman. Oh, yeah, Spinal Fracture? Yep. Damn. Interesting. A lot of, a lot of little, little Easter eggs and uh, little question marks left. So this is going to be a, a nine-issue monthly? Yeah. Jesus. God, I wish it came, I wish it came out sooner. <laughs> I mean, just because the story itself has been... I've enjoyed the story. I've enjoyed the writing and the art. I mean, come on, it's... Clayman. So, Here's the thing, Trunkler, I I hear what you're saying. However, knowing how pissed off people get with each issue, I want them to fucking suffer for a month. Oh, of course. I love it. I love it. I, I mean, it. Uh, you know, we we would all wish that it was a weekly issue, but yeah, I agree with you. I mean, you know, um, it's like that. Um, it's like getting in and out or. Uh, Putin. What's that called? What's that stuff called up in Canada? Poutine. You know, you can't have that shit every... You you could have that that every day, but isn't it even just a little bit sweeter if you wait a week or two between between those? I gotta say. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Uh, We we sort of skipped over to uh, as a pretty great scene with Harley eulogizing Ivy uh, standing on that bridge and Dropping the uh, the rose into the water, mm. uh, basically apologizing to her that she ne- she never should have let anyone hurt her. She never let a- should have let anyone hurt herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe she shouldn't have left Mister J. Um, she shouldn't have loved Mister J. Yeah, as well. There you go, shit talkers. It was love. But there's that part there. The I shouldn't have helped. Mr. J. Uh-oh. Does that mean that she helped him kill when it came to sanctuary? Oh shit, yeah. yeah. I didn't even think about that. See, I was like Tom when when Batman pulled the chattering teeth out. Yeah. I thought, okay, oh, this is it, done deal. The next seven Joker. issues are going to be them trying to find the Joker. But yeah, then, but, um, yeah, how could, did you bring that up? Could be hard. I mean, yeah, I mean, but but now that Robin pointed that out about maybe I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have helped. Mr. J, maybe that's, you know, insinuating that, you know, Mr. J has always had this power over Harley and that now she regrets helping him because now this is all just speculation, folks. I mean, what if it was um, Mr. J that, you know, and Harley helped him get access to Sanctuary and he murdered these people and in the crossfire or in the fallout, Ivy had, you know, had died. Moida. And now, you know, Harley, like what Robin was saying, is standing on that bridge, kind of giving a eulogy and dropping the rose. 
Moiter. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, oh yeah. Can't wait for the internet backfire. Can't wait to be. I can't. Can't wait to put on my Bat Force armor, my Bat Force helm, my Bat Force chainmail. Pick up my Bat Force shield. You know, pull out my Bat Force battle axe and fucking just fight on the front lines defending Tom King's honor, man. I can't fucking wait. Just like that what was that issue of Batman with Wonder Woman when they went to the realm of uh, the the Neverending Corridor. No, it was after issue fifty. It was after the wedding issue. That that he was getting shit on hardcore and I and I, every I, every day I was on Twitter just fucking knocking shit talkers down, just with the mighty fucking bat force battle axe just just laying motherfuckers out just talking they were talking all this shit crying I'm just pushing their shit in giving it back to them Tom Tom King's hugging us at 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 San Diego Comic Con telling us thank you crying. Big Dave, Big David yep. is like Big David is like like taking pic, holding the camera, and taking pictures of us, saying thank you. It was great, man. Good shit. Doing um, doing free little stick figure, doing yeah. free sketches for us. Yeah, Tom King's like, oh man, you guys are you guys are so brave. You guys are so brave on the front lines. And I was like, yeah, check this out. I was like rolling up my sleeve, showing him the notches that I carved into my arm of all the fucking little bitches that I took down on Twitter for him. <laughs> shit. I cannot fucking wait for this shit. It's gonna be amazing. Get get suited up, boys. Yeah. If you if you read this issue, if you read Heroes in Crisis number two, and the first thing you do is go on Twitter to bitch at Tom King, fuck you, fuck you. <laughs> Seriously, get a fucking life. These guys are out there telling stories, and you're fucking giving them death threats. Fuck. You. Seriously. Uh, <laughs> you guys, um, yeah, I'm sorry. I'll talk to you guys at the end about. The uh, kick conversation. <clears throat> um, what was that? Heroes in Crisis number two. Great issue. Yeah, good issue. Especially if you like what the fuck moments. Yeah. So. And like I said, I mean, the, when they showed that um, that full page Harley and a classic jester, and then she wears that throughout the entire issue. I mean, I know that's going to make a lot of people happy too. Actually, see the the classic suit back now. Whether that's permanent or not, we don't know, but it was nice to see. I, I, I like that, that they've been kind of showing, at least um, lately, not in all the comics. I know that Murphy did the same thing where it kind of shows that she's got like a a, um, a closet or a, uh, a wardrobe that she probably cycles things here and there, you know, depending upon maybe her mood or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, it's nice to see that get cycled back into the rotation. It's not, it's not like, for me, it's not like 100% like necessary. Like, I don't have to see Harley in the Jester suit to feel like she's Harley, you know? Um, yeah, it's nice, though. Yeah, it is cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what were we going to do after uh, the old Heroes in Crisis? Uh, I think we can hit this uh, Batman Secret Files number yes, one. Yes, yes, yes. Art was very cool. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, so, this is sort of an anthology issue in that it contains short stories but they're uh, they're preceded by a, what seems like a segment of a story by Tom King and Mikkel Jannon uh, so I, it's, I'm not even sure yet if uh, there are going to be more issues that follow this but basically what we see of the uh, the Tom King Mikkel Jannon story in this is Batman in the cave 
basically dealing with uh, the wear and tear on his body. You know, we saw him, the first panel is him beating up a, a slew of people as usual. And then he's dealing with the wear and tear on his body and, you know, how he's, he is only human. When mm -hmm. Superman shows up uh, with an impossible rock from an impossible planet in an impossible universe in the Phantom Zone, and it is uh, a platinum kryptonite. Yeah. And basically it's, <laughs> it, it says that if Batman touches it just once, it will give him powers like Superman forever. Mm -hmm. And we see uh, Batman having flashes of just a few issues back where he was in the church with Joker and he couldn't stop Joker when he had the gun to the woman's head and pulled the trigger. Mm. So we see him having flashes of being what if he was able, mm -hmm. being able to, to stop him there if he had powers. So he's sort of uh, struggling with, with you know, should, do, I, do I need this? Because Superman tells him, you, know, you, you can fight like I do, you can fight as you should. Interesting. Uh, so we don't yeah. get a conclusion to that. You know, it it ends with uh, Alfred comes into the cave and <laughs> hands, uh, hands Batman a tea, and because his knuckles are broken, he drops it and it falls to the floor and smashes. And it ends with Batman asking Alfred if he is enough. And then yeah. we we don't get that revisited. So I don't know if the remaining, if the stories that follow, you know, the the cases that are examined are meant to be the answer to that question, or if we'll see uh, a further part to this story. Yeah, because even at the end of that uh, story, it doesn't even say end. Like exactly. in the, the other stories that come out, of the, you know, at the end of it, it says end or concluded. But this doesn't say anything. It just says, like you said, Bruce looks up at Alfred and he's holding his busted up hands as Alfred, am I enough? And I'd be very interested to see, you know, I hope that this story continues some, at some point because... I mean, we know the answer. We, you know, we know that he's not going to do it. Yeah. But it, it would be interesting to see that play out for sure. Well, I'm, you know, the, the, um, the conflict that he would have, yeah, you know, he's always prided himself that he is a man, um, <clears throat> that he doesn't need superpowers, but when, and when it's all said and done, he is just a man. You know, his like, you know, his hands busted up. Eventually, that's going to play a part. You know, as he gets older, trying to be Batman, um, he's not going to heal as fast like he once was when he gets older. I'm sure the temptation, even though we know he's never going to do it, but I like to see that internal conflict within himself. Uh, play out just a little bit longer on that because I'm sure the temptation is especially, you know, maybe um, if there's like a <clears throat> like a flash forward or if there's like an issue of like, you know, five, ten years from now when he is older and his body doesn't heal as quickly as it once was, he, he'll be fine, you know. But I, I, I don't feel like I care. Yeah, it's just too. It's like too much. You got heroes. Heroes in Crisis is the big bam. Is a big daddy, and then yeah. 
the the dr- I kind of I kind of read through most of the drowned. Um, I just read that to one. See where it was going, and then I I kind of was not really reading it, and then I saw a Black Manta show up, and the water pouring over him looked really badass. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I'll keep with this, and I read the rest. Oh. of Oh. Yeah. So you guys, I don't know how far in the drown you guys got, but uh, some kind of cool happens towards the end, though. I will say that. Um, Involve involving Black Manta. Um, I'll tell you guys right now if but you want. In uh, in in Drowned Earth. Yes, sir. Yeah. I mean, if you guys don't care, I'll tell you right yeah, now what happened. Yeah, matter, yeah. Go nuts. Um. Well, the uh, you know, Aquaman is finding Black Manta, and that woman, Sea God. Uh, I've got her name. Mm-hmm. Uh, she basically grabs Aquaman by the back, you know, from the from behind, and kind of puts her hand over his face. Hey, and says, uh, I thought you were gonna say something else. But- <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> basically says, you know, the, the sea gods can take away, and then you see like this mist or this cloud coming out of Aquaman and going into her hand, and then she says the sea god can give. And she basically, basically she takes Aquaman's power and gives it to Black Manta. Uh-oh. Awesome next one. I, I have Aquaman, right hand Aquaman, and I can't talk to the sea guy. I... Yeah. I mean, you've had all this power and all you've done so far is talk to fish <laughs> like so now it looks like she took the power from Aquaman and gave it to Black Manta and he realizes what that like what that power truly holds well, yeah like what Aquaman really you know because you know the joke is that Aquaman only talks to fish but then Black Manta I guess is assuming you know he's able to feel Aquaman's strength you know right. all of his power and Aquaman is just, uh, <clears throat> they're uh, alluding to, or they're kind of, you know, uh, making it seem like that Aquaman is just a person now. He's got no, he's nothing, he's just a normal human, or a normal person, I should say, a normal Atlantean with no powers. Mm-hmm. I also like that there's, and, a, there's a part where they're trying to figure out where, he, where Aquaman is. Where they're keeping him and, and what's going on, and then uh, he's telling people to run, like he's telling Mira, "You have to run, you have to run." Mira fucking opens up the uh, prison to let Ocean Master out, and then rather oh, yeah. rather than running away from where Aquaman is and and like what's happening, the very last panel is Wonder Woman like showing up and like wrapping her lasso around those fools, and she's like, "Where the fuck is Aquaman?" Yeah, <laughs> and everyone else is running away and turning into fish people. And uh, and Wonder Woman's like fuck that, and she's like going straight to it. That's pretty badass. That was a pretty badass well, ending. Yeah, it shows those. There's like three or four of those fish people, and all of a sudden, you uh, you see like where, and then all of a sudden, a sword, you see a, a fish guy get like hit with his with her sword, and then you know, then she throws her shield another guy's neck, and then that. No, should we say that? Um, what was the other one that we were gonna go over? The drowning? No, we already talked about the drowning. Uh, which you... uh, let me get it. Ooh. There we are. Okay, so this week is uh, Justice League Wonder Woman Witching Hour number one, which follows the previously released Wonder Woman Justice League Dark Witching Hour number one. Uh, and it's, these are uh, going along with the uh, the running issues of Justice League Dark for the Witching Hour story. So 
basically uh, Magic is Dying, which is the story, the story that uh, Justice League Dark began with, uh, where we saw the introduction of the Upside Down Man and everything. So this is the next chapter in The Death of Magic. Uh, Wonder Woman's body has been taken over by, you know, by this, basically the, the Queen of Magic. Uh, I'm not even sure if I've ever pronounced her name correctly, but I believe it is Hecate. But uh, I'm mm-hmm. likely butchering that. But uh, basically she's rewriting uh, Magic in, uh, in her own vision. And uh, she's currently controlling Wonder Woman's body after having marked uh, Wonder Woman with her mark when she was a child. And things are a mess right now. Everyone is basically dying. Uh, the, the Parliament of Trees has been destroyed, and she's already replacing it with, uh, with uh, basically a Parliament of Flowers. So she her own versions of it. So we're at a point now where it's a race to stop her before she completely takes over everything. But... Uh, by the time we get to the end of uh, this issue, things are a horrible mess, and it's going to be interesting to see where Tynan takes us, uh, how uh, how they're going to be guided out of this one. Mm. Little messy situation there, eh? It's a it's a mess. <laughs> Very good. A lot of books. A lot of lot of big old books this week. Um, is there anything else this week, or are we going to jump back into the old Batman? Uh. We do have coming this week the collected edition of uh, Enrico Marini's Batman the Dark Prince Charming. Oh. Oh. So oh. if you didn't get that with the issues, oh. uh, the collected edition comes out this week and it includes uh, a sketchbook uh, in the back. Oh. 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 Is this a hardcover? Uh, yeah, hardcover oh. just like the, uh, the singles were. Oh. Nice. What do we got? Tim Allen, the tool. It's in the tool man Taylor on the It's actually Buzz Lightyear. It's Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> uh, all right, so we did skip. Uh, we rather we missed a couple of weeks, and in that time, a really good issue of Batman came out, issue fifty-seven, the uh, three-part, third part of the KGB KG Beast arc. Um, the second issue of that arc uh, ended with Batman finding KG Beast uh, in a cabin. In uh, an isolated area, very uh, snowy area, and uh, that was pretty brutal because first issue he shoots Dick Grayson in the head, second issue Batman figures out where he is and hunts him down, and in that issue KGB shoots his own dad in the face to save his dad, or rather to save himself from his dad, I guess getting interrogated and humiliated pretty much, Uh, and this is just a fucking issue of just Batman beating the shit out of KG Beast for like what seems like an entire issue, right? With some flashbacks uh, well, in between. A, a, aside from uh, the 50% of their interaction, which is KG Beast beating the shit out of Batman. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, they, they, there's some pretty good blows yeah. on, on them both, yeah. And uh, it's interesting we have that uh, the whole issue is interspersed with uh, parts of that uh, folk story, you know, the the children's book uh, with the story of these animals, which takes a really dark turn when, uh, you know, all the animals are traveling together to go to church, and then they fall into a hole, and they get stuck in the hole, and they, uh, when they begin starving, they come, they come up with the method of uh, 
how they'll decide which one of them gets eaten first. <laughs> and then it comes down, you know, to, to the final two and some some trickery and then basically ends very macabrely with all of them dead anyway. Hmm. <laughs> but what we get by the end is when when we see the first uh, portion of that story, it is KG Beast's father uh, as he's a child, you know, reading the the story to him. And then when we get to the end of the issue, the end of that story, we see that it's the same story being read to a young Bruce by Thomas. Hmm. So an interesting uh, uh, comparison of the two of them, you know, seeing that they're they're not perhaps all that different from each other. A nice trunkotomy, dichotomy. Yeah. <laughs> very nice, very nice. Um... Yeah, great issue. A lot of just uh, ass beating, a lot of uh, sentimental yeah. throwback, good stuff. Uh, interested to see where this goes now, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, it caps off with uh, when Batman finally gets the better of KG Beast. It's uh, once he's... KG Beast basically has Batman at his mercy, but he pulls out the grapnel gun and just blasts him right in the jaw with it and cracks <laughs> the neck. Yeah. So uh, KG Beast tries to bargain with Batman after because he's laying there with his neck broken. He's in the middle of nowhere in this you know, remote frozen area and tries to bargain with Batman and says, you know, if, if you get me help, I'll tell you who hired me. And Batman is just a thug and says... <laughs> I'm the world's greatest detective. I'll figure it out. Mm. Get your own help. Yeah. And then leaves them sitting there, leaves them for dead, <laughs> just like he did back in Ten Nights of the Beast mm -hmm. <laughs> when mm -hmm. he uh, locked him up in that room and just, and just <laughs> laughed. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah, that, yeah, that was pretty cool when um when K uh, KG Beast does, you know, he's almost like pleading with him and Batman just kind of spits you know, a tooth out or spits a chunk of blunt's like, I'm the world's greatest detective. I'll find them. I'll break them too. Get your own damn help. And he just walks away. <laughs> Bitch. It's like, damn. Yeah. <clears throat> drops, the, drops the mic and walks away, boy. Pretty sick. <clears throat> Good stuff. Um, oh, yeah. So that's been the world in comics for the last week or so. I know we, we skipped a couple of issues, but like we said, there's been stuff going on. We just hadn't really been able to get to a lot of things. But... We're back on track now, uh, but there's also been some other big stuff that's been happening, like we mentioned. Um, the old uh, premiere premiere of uh, the Titans show, um, which I believe the first episode was like had a special premiere over at New York Comic Con, like three, four mm -hmm. weeks ago, and uh, about two weeks after that, no, about a week after that, the uh, general public, the subscribers for the subscri subscription service to DC Universe got the first episode. It's followed by the second one, and now this week it's the third. Um, I've been seeing a lot of uh, half and half. I've been seeing people like it. I've been seeing a lot of people don't like it. Uh, but I don't think it's been, like, for me at least, I haven't seen, like, it's hit one way or the other as far as it's all bad or it's all good. I feel like everyone's kind of split down the middle, which kind of tends to happen with, like, a brand-new television show that um, trying to get off its, off, you know, trying to get off the ground. But what do you guys think? Uh, we're three episodes in now, I believe. <laughs> yeah, I watched uh, I watched episode three yesterday when that dropped, and 
overall, I'm I'm happy with the beginnings of the series. Uh, it is a much more extreme version of the characters. Uh, it, they're they're darker and they're more violent. It's basically like if the Teen Titans comics were an image book. Mm. You know, so everything is really <laughs> ratcheted up. You know, the violence is up there, and uh, yeah, everyone's really uh, really hardcore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, you know, once they get past some of the character representation that feels off, like seeing Starfire be so brutal. Uh, and and Dick being so brutal. Uh, once I get uh, past that, mm-hmm. I, I don't have any uh, any real issues with. It. Right. Yeah. No, um, I I came away with it thinking, just that you know a brand new television show is not always going to be like it's very yeah. hard for it to be a hit or it's very hard for it to already have a sense of itself right after like the first couple episodes. So I went into it just assuming that it would be kind of rough to start off, you know. Um, that that promo reel, that sizzle reel, they had the first one and they had a second one. The second one that came out was really cheesy. Um, I don't remember if it was like music playing. I don't know what it was, but I just remember thinking like, wow, they really cheesed the shit out of that promo. I hope that's not like the overall theme of the show. And it's completely not. Like yeah. it, it is one hundred percent nowhere near the theme or, or or the feel of the show. So um, after watching the, first, I actually liked the second episode a lot more than the first one, um, yeah. just because I don't know. Maybe it was who plays a uh, dove. Uh, she dated Derek Jeter for a while. Uh, Trunkle, did you catch that? Yeah, well, I'm I'm not sure the the actress's name. Um, yeah, I saw the first two episodes. Um, I, I'm. I'm the same way as you guys. I mean, um, I, I thought it was, you know, it's a new show, DC's, you know, this new DC app. Uh, it's I, I wasn't going in there with expectation, you know, with really high yeah. expectations, too high. Um, one thing that you know, I had to, I call myself, or sorry, to remind myself was, okay, you know, this isn't, you know, for people that think that this is going to be, you know, blockbuster budget and. Game you know, of they're Thrones. Gonna get started. Yeah, or you know, like top talent acting. It isn't, but I mean, the acting's not so horrible that it takes away from the enjoyment of the show. Um, I, you know, I mean, the whole thing with Starfire's look. I mean, they they explained why she looks like that. Um, so you will have to watch the first episode. I think it was the first episode to to see why she looks like that. Um. But uh, overall, I'm, I, I'm enjoying it. I mean, I'm not, you know, like what you said, it's, it's a new show. It's the first season. And only We're only three episodes in. So it's going to have to kind of develop on its own. Um, I would say just go in there with an open mind. I mean, like I said, don't, don't go in there expecting it to be, you know, winning Oscars or Grammys or anything like that. But um, it's definitely not a, a dog shit show. Like, I mean, unfortunately, it, in my opinion, how Gotham has turned into. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I I will say though that I was kind of was a little disappointed and that uh, with episode two, with the ending result of that, um, the Hawk and Dove, because I mean Dove was kind of hot. <laughs> I mean, I'd like to see her character more. Mika but... Kelly, that's the well, actress. You have to keep in mind. I I try to remember this with any show I watch. 
if you don't see someone to be 100% confirmed dead, if an episode ends with it looking like a person might be dead, you can't assume that they're dead. Yeah, you got to treat it yeah. like like a right wing crazy nut job conservative. <laughs> like, where's the bodies, bro? Where are the bodies? You know, just like, yeah. just assume that they're not really dead. Oh no, no, absolutely. I mean, um, I, I, you know, I obviously, you know, Robin's right. I mean, unless it's confirmed where you see them in the body bag or see a bullet in their head and confirmed dead, <clears throat> you know, maybe they're not dead. But when I saw that part, I was like, ah, fuck, you know. Mm. Uh, I want to see. I want to see more of the character, and I thought that the um, the the costumes themselves were actually pretty well done. I mean, obviously, we're gonna let's just take Starfire out of the out of that uh, equation because of how they're playing with her character, and you have to watch the first, the full episode one to understand and why she looks like that. But um, you know, Robin's costume um uh hawk dove i liked how um how they did beast boy or changeling um how you know it was it didn't seem like it was even though we only saw a little glimpse of him towards the end of episode one with that security guard at the video you know at the electronics store hears a noise and he goes and there's a tiger a green tiger sitting there and Mm -hmm. grabs some video games and jumps out the window and then you see the tiger turning to be, I really like that. It didn't look cheesy animation. Um, so I, I thought, I think so far it's a pretty decent show. I'll definitely, you know, watch the rest of it and, you know, see, hopefully it'll get signed on for, I mean, assuming that the rest of the episodes, you know, don't fall off the wagon or, you know, become cheesy, which I don't think it will because of the tone that they've already set in place. Um, I definitely like to see, you know, uh, even a season two. Because usually, I mean, well, with, they've, with they've already they've already renewed they've already announced it for season two, and that's the, uh, the the nice thing about this being on DC's own service is they're the ones who call the shots if it's going to get more seasons or not. You know, they're they're not at the mercy of a network. No, absolutely not, and and, and, that, and I think that's. I'm hoping that this will open doors for other shows because I know, well, we all know Netflix had, you know, has um, rights for Marvel shows and, um, you know, CW has DC shows. But um, with this, it's almost like a different animal altogether. I mean, like you said, Robin, there's no sponsors like the, like the CW shows. You know, they got commercials. They have sponsors. They have to, you know, if the show's not doing well, then the sponsors start pulling their money out. This is all fully funded by, by DC themselves. <clears throat> so, um, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of positive potential hmm. for Titans, and even hopefully, opening doors for other shows. Yeah, well, we we already know the next show too. Uh, we we already know that this season of Titans will introduce the Doom Patrol and they're already shooting uh, Doom Patrol's own season. We've seen you know, the, the set photos online of that, so we know that that's off and running as well. And, and actually, though, speaking of Doom Patrol, I mean, you guys have seen those, uh, like the set photos. I mean, mm-hmm. those, those look good too. <laughs> I mean, you know, um, I don't know much about Doom Patrol, but there's that, I don't want to say Iron Man, but there's like that robot guy or a Tin Man or some shit. 
I think um, Brandon Frazier is playing him. Yeah. I mean, that, that looks good. I mean, it doesn't look cheesy or anything like that. So I'm hoping that this just opens more doors. I mean, like you said, <clears throat> Doom Patrol is already slated to start. Um, it'd be great to see, you know, hopefully people enjoy it and they can bring in, you know, more shows for other characters. Mm. Yeah. And I kind of like... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, I mean, I, I also kind of like how they're using not really... I mean, I wouldn't say they're C or D class characters, but they're lesser known characters. Like, you know, obviously, if, D, if DC came out and said, okay, we're doing a Batman show or we're doing a Superman show or Wonder Woman show, I think the, expect, the bar, the expectations would be so high that it'd be almost impossible to reach. Um, I'm glad that they are starting with, you know, uh, I don't want to say lesser known characters, but I mean, you know, for example, Doom Patrol. I don't think a lot of people know about the Doom Patrol. So if these oh, well, do well, do, then... Maybe. Not a lot of people knew about the Doom Patrol prior to, you know, two years ago. Uh, but I think they have a, a growing fan base now with the ongoing title that's been coming out on uh, the DC Young Animal imprint, and the fact that it's uh, that's being uh, that that show, not the the show, but in the comics that show is being run by Gerard Way, who has a massive fan base himself. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm so not I think there is, Gerard Way. <laughs> I, I think there is a, a an audience already installed for. For that when it comes around <coughs> because of the fan base that he has and for anyone who has watched uh, episode three of titans we do get uh, they they do the the sneak peek of the next episode so when you see the sneak peek of episode four it shows you that in episode four we're we're getting the introduction of the doom patrol Ooh, nice nice very nice uh, you touched on uh, the look of Starfire, and that was one of the things that <laughs> most people complained about. Oh yeah, and uh, it was about. it was revealed in an early synopsis that was put out for the show that when we meet Starfire, she has just come from a '70s themed slash disco themed party, and what you get from you know, the first couple episodes is that. She's been, you know, sort of undercover. She's been pretending to be someone else as she searches for Raven. You know, she's trying to track this girl down. Mm -hmm. So she had been pretending to be someone else and, you know, working with uh, this... Looks like, you know, a, a organized crime she had been working with to, uh, to track her down. So, you know, there's a very good reason for why she looks the way she does. You know, she was, she had just come from this party. And when we, when we're introduced to her, she wakes up, uh, in a car that has been smashed and shot up and doesn't remember anything. So her first thought isn't, oh, well, I'm going to go home and change into my normal clothes because she doesn't even remember who she is. Yeah. Well, and, um, <clears throat> uh, I think, um, I mean, I, they were able to, like, I'll be honest with you, I was a critic of the way she looked. Um, I 
I'll be honest, when I first saw it, I mean, um, I thought it was ridiculous. I mean, not the fact that she's African American, but just the you know the I think that the the hair, the 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 clothing options. I thought that was going to be her suit. I'm sure, like everyone else thought. Um, but yeah, episode one they explain why um, they kind of twisted with the they kind of played not twist, but they kind of played with uh, her origin about you know she basically. I mean, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong. Um, did did she take over that body? Because I remember when she went back to the hotel, um, she didn't know who she was, and I thought if I remember correctly, it was like I almost got this vibe that okay, well, the the real person was some sort of like a spy. Oh, you mean uh, maybe did I'm, she like did she like uh, um... take over? this person's body did she do a quantum leap into the body kind of i can't remember if they mentioned that or not there was something alluded to that to a certain extent uh where she just kind of is waking up with like amnesia she has no idea what the fuck's going on yeah yeah i i took it as though she had just been under an assumed identity you know uh while she's you know infiltrating this crime ring and using them to to track down rachel sure Rachel! That, that, that was what and, I did. And even, um, like I say, even with the special effects, I mean, yeah, you're not going to get the big budget special effects. But I mean, with I, I, I really liked what they've done with, like I said uh, earlier about Beast Boy, but even Raven, when she has those emotional spikes, um, kind of the, the demons, or, you know, we don't know exactly what they are, but those, the, the, those creatures that kind of come out of her, yeah, that, um, that dark also, side of her. Yeah. Yeah, which I think, which I, I mean, I enjoyed. I mean, it's not again, it's not cheesy. It's not um, poorly poorly done either. Um, I, so far, I think that DC is doing doing well with Titans. Um, like I said, I'd like to see the. I want to see the rest of the episodes. I plan on watching the whole season, and um, like I said I hope that. This and of course, I'm sure we'll all be watching Doom Patrol, and I'm hoping that this is a step forward in DC Entertainment, um, especially since the movies get a lot of flack. Um, I just think that's a positive step in the right direction for DC Entertainment as a general, just overall in general. Yeah, I uh, I liked I liked the first couple episodes. Didn't mind it. Um... But at the same time, I like as much as I'm keeping an open mind to enjoying them, I also am keeping an open mind that um, they could turn into shit real easy and real quick too. <laughs> so uh, yeah. just based based off of, I mean, I'm I don't hate it. I don't hate what I've seen so far. I've actually been in, entertained more so than I thought I would be. Um, so that's why I'm more hopeful than not. But uh, I had very low expectations for this show. I was not going to think that I would like it. I was not going to think that I would sit through whole episodes. And I sat through the first one and the second one. And I enjoyed it as... haven't seen the third one yet. But uh, I enjoyed the second one more than I enjoyed the first one. And uh, I think I said I gave the first episode like a 6 point... What was it, Like a 6.7 or 6.6. I can't remember what I put it at. It's still sitting around there overall. Like it's... Uh, it's like a 6.5, yeah. solid 6.5. We'll see where it goes, up or down. Um, Gotham is sitting at a 1, what, a 1.6 maybe? Uh, about about a 1.6, <laughs> I would say that's where Gotham is right now. 
Um, before I it's stop... funny because uh, Gotham does have such a huge following, and there are That's a crazy. lot of people that love that wacky, wacky show. That's fine. I mean, yeah. that 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 well, puts yeah, money. Yeah. It puts money into Warner Brothers. Like, but you know what? Also scares me because like. I don't want Warner Brothers thinking that's the kind of shit that I want in like television and movies. So it just worries me in that sense. Um, but well, it's it's not even uh, Warner Brothers isn't uh, responsible for oh, that. Oh, really? It's Fox, and, and it's not even no, it's not even Fox. Uh, I think this is all part of why this show is ending. It's a third party company that owns the rights to that show. Like you know, they they purchase the rights to make it and they produce the show. Fox is just airing it. Wow. So I think part of, at least part of why it's ending, is that Fox isn't making all of the money that like, comes fuck, from this yeah, show. Like, fuck this. Like, if we're going to put something out, we want it all. Yeah. I guess yeah. so. All right. Um, yeah, it's Titans. So far, it sounds like half the Bad Force likes it. I know that Grumpler hates it. Is that true? I think. Uh, not that he hates like it. He sure. says he doesn't I like know, it. I uh, know. I know Legends, uh, Legends of Lego Batman, he's not here, I'll uh, fill in it, the stance that we saw from him. So he had watched episode two and didn't seem to be much a fan of it, but then he popped back in and said he had watched it a second time and said, you know what, never mind, I, I liked it. <laughs> That's because yeah. Mink, he kept watching it for Minka Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, but I mean, well, you know, whatever. I, I know the Grumpler was saying and another thing that Legend said, and I mean, it's, you know, I'll be honest, uh, partial with me was I know that they really did dislike the acting now like what Robin said Legends of Lego Batman I came back and said you know what it's I watched the second time it's not as bad as I took yeah. it the first time I think Grumpler still you know, dislikes the acting and yeah excuse me um, even one. I um, even I wasn't too keen on the acting but then you know I like I said you just gotta take a you know take a step back and realize you know, this isn't, um, uh, you know, um, on big on the big screen, big yeah. money budget. You're not yeah, gonna these, have these, these aren't a bunch of Daniel Day Lewis's uh, playing the yeah, characters. Yeah, they're teenagers. I mean, and like, yeah, people were. Com it's the same complaint we heard about the announcement uh, of Batwoman. Uh, the Batwoman casting uh, Ruby Rose, and people are going, "Oh, she can't act. I wanted this person." Okay, keep in mind the level of actors in the CW shows. I, I said this before, I, I don't think Stephen Amell is in danger of winning any Oscars himself. So <laughs> keep that in mind when you're complaining about the casting of other characters. Yeah. And you know what? Even even when Gal Gadot was first announced as Wonder Woman back um, with Dawn of Justice, I mean, the, the amount of flack that she got, well, she was a model. She's not an actress, and look at her. She doesn't look like an Amazon. She just <clears throat> looks pretty and look, bam. I mean, she, I, I've never seen movies with her that I can recall of her being in other movies before that. But I mean, she nailed the part and now everyone loves her. And now obviously I'm not comparing that <laughs> to the, the TV shows or this web series, but you know, just give it a chance. I mean, don't expect Oscar Grammy award winning performances. Cause this is a you know CW budget. This is you know a DC web series budget. So um, but I, overall, I mean, yeah, the acting. There's parts in there where it's like, Ugh, you know, why well, I don't really like that. But come on, it, overall, 
I, I got like uh, Tom said, I give it a solid six and a half so far out of you know first two episodes that I've seen. Very nice. Well, um, until the other guys can come on to bitch about what they hate about the show, that's pretty much it. That's what you're gonna get. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how uh, as far as that goes and how the rest of them roll out. It's pretty cool that that DC Universe app um, allows you to watch a lot of the old television shows. I've been watching some uh, old uh, Lois and Clark. Um, okay. It's got all the animated series on there. I would like to see Smallville get on there. That would be the shit. Uh, dying to rewatch Smallville. Smallville was the shit. I don't know if you guys watched it, but uh, as and weird, not all of it, like the, there were just so many aspects of the what Smallville turned into. I had issues with you know, because they they made this choice that okay, we want to tell a story about Clark Kent before he's Superman. Mm-hmm. You know, so that that's cool. Yes do that but it did the same thing that gotham did when they said okay we want to tell a story about bruce wayne before he's batman that's what smallville did we want to tell the story of clark kent before he's superman (laughs) but we want to have the benefit of having (laughs) all the other characters that you know from the universe just happen to already be a part of his life when he's a kid they take a trip to smallville to do that yeah yeah but that and was been... that was before. Like I feel like at that when I was that was what I was in like high school. I remember that oh, was at that was at a time when I didn't ever think any of those characters could ever be in a movie or TV. So I think that's what was like for me. It was like holy shit, you know. Like um, yeah, the fact that they did it like that was like there was for me the first time I'd ever seen it in a television show. Like you know what I mean? Like like seeing shit like that. Um, but anyhow, aside from the well, fact that The Flash already had his show in the 90s. I love that show, by the way. Yeah, I, don't know. I mean... Oh, no, sorry. Go ahead. I was, was going to say, I can't <laughs> remember if uh, the DC Universe has that on their streaming service, but I have I have the box set of those DVDs anyway. They're fucking the shit. John Wesley's show. Oh, by the way, um, that Arrow crossover with uh, the Elseworlds shit is going to have John Wesley Shipp wearing his OG uh, Flash Sweet. costume. Which uh, yeah, our, made, friend, made, uh, yeah, our friend, yeah, our friend Reeve, yeah, Reeve FX worked on the muscles, and the uh, yeah. and some of the, the how the the layering of the cloth goes over. It's fucking crazy. So, anyhow, um, that's all getting <laughs> off the trail. But uh, yeah, DC Universe is streaming. It's out there. Titans is out there. Anything else, guys? Uh, as far as the, I just want to mention about that suit, like they did so well. I don't know how much of it is the construction of the suit and how much of it is John Wesley ship, but he looks so much better as flash than Stephen Amell looks in the flash suit. We see him in. Yeah, man. He's putting him to shame. I don't know if it's, if it's his physique or if it's, you know, the construction of, of the suit or if it's some of both, but damn, he, he, uh, He's a, a much more dashing Flash than uh, Stephen Amell is. It looks like dude, Stephen dude. Amell's wearing a Spirit of Halloween costume store exactly. Flash suit. It's, yeah. a, it, it, it's like those memes that you see of the expectation when you, you know, like what Tom said, you go to the Halloween store, you get the Flash suit. The picture on there shows perfect, you know, chiseled, ripped. It's like the expectation and reality. And you see the guy standing next to the old school Flash, and it's like, dude, like, 
you're, you're the fastest man in the buffet line. I mean, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that I I always felt that about the CW Flash suit right from the start, and it confused me when we saw the first images of Ezra Miller's Flash suit, and people were knocking on that, saying, "Well, why why are they using this? We have a perfectly good Flash suit on the CW." Really? No. Re- really? <laughs> it, it looks like pleather and vinyl. Yeah. And it looks like he has about three extra inches of forehead on the mask. And, <laughs> and you guys think that that's perfectly fine? Okay. No. I mean, you know, as a starting off, like a, like a year one flash shoot. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, the CW flash shoot, I, you know, I thought looks kind of cool. For, like, keep it's in mind. Fine. It's, it's the fine, CD, but you know, to knock it for something else. But to, but to say that that's better than the Ezra Miller suit, come on, you know what 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 are you smoking? You know Sharon's carrying pal. Let me have some of that. Maybe I can see what your vision is. But nah, I mean, come on. Hmm. Uh, whatever. And uh, also uh, on the topic, we've seen uh, a couple set photos of Ruby Rose in the Batwoman costume. Oh yeah. Uh, that, yeah, that, that, that suit looks good. I mean, yeah, I mean, so far, that I think it looks pretty badass. <laughs> yeah, it's it, sure it's it's not perfect, and people are going to complain about it. But for yeah. uh, you know, for uh, a ground zero, you know, the very beginning first look costume, not too bad at all. Hmm. No, I mean, it's especially let's you know. It all goes back to the same point to the, to the beginning of this is a CW show, CW budget. It's not Warner Brothers budget. It's not you know, obviously a suit on the big screen. If they put a if we ever get a Batwoman movie or a Batwoman appearance in a movie, obviously obviously the suit's going to look a lot different than a than a TV show budget. So I think from the images, uh, the pictures that I've seen um, online. I think the suit looks great so far. So, mm. well, there you have it. Suit looks great so far. All right, uh, that's pretty much it from the old Bat Force for this week of the stack. Uh, check out our previous episodes. Uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, DM us. Give us some emails if you guys want any uh, anything covered that we haven't covered yet. And uh, we'll see you. And we'll see you at another time.